0: We are stoked to tell you about our first sponsor, Anchor.
1: If you're like us and you want to start a podcast but have no idea where to start, listen up.
0: So when we first decided to start a podcast, we were looking for a way to put your brain on weird out to the most people um, without having to do the most work.
1: We are so happy that we found Anchor because they distribute our show to apps like Spotify and Apple Podcasts for us. This means that our listeners can find us wherever they already listen without having to download anything new.
0: Once you're ready to get going, just create an account and start recording. They have the tools you need to record and edit your podcast. You can even edit on the go from your phone.
1: Anchor has everything you could possibly want, including free transition sounds and photos that you can use to build your show. Not only that, but you can start making money as soon as you release your first episode. The best part is that all of this is free.
0: So, if you want to make a podcast, go to anchor.fm and get started today. That's A N C H O R.fm. By supporting them, you're supporting podcasts like us, too.
1: Your Brain on Weird is recorded in private homes in a state where marijuana is recreationally legal. This show's content is intended for adult audiences only.
0: Welcome back to your Brain on weird. I'm Sam. I'm Jess. And this is a podcast about the ooky, dooky, (laughs) wacky, creepy occult world. And everything that may or may not fall under that umbrella. Yes. And also weed. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) So basically, our two favorite things.
1: Yeah. Things that make you think.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
1: how are you? (laughs) I am doing pretty good. Very good. I had a pretty stressful last couple weeks, so sorry, I guess, for not releasing an episode last week. For anyone who noticed, my grandfather unfortunately passed away, so I had to go to Virginia for uh, his funeral, but I got to see a bunch of my family, and I got to go visit... um, For anyone who doesn't know, my mom passed when I was six. So I got to go visit my mom's grave, which was very, uh, what's the word for it? Therapeutic? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it was. And that was very nice. I also just had a really good drive. It was a long drive. It was like a thousand miles total. But it was very easy and it went very well. So that was nice. And then I got back and I got to go camping with you, which was great. (laughs) so and that was amazing we got to celebrate beltane yeah so i feel very great i'm very tired today but um i'm in a pretty good mood so yeah great that's great we're doing good how are you i'm also doing pretty
0: good i feel very good after our weekend of being outside it was really nice yes and i was also really really fucking tired today <laughs> i was a mm-hmm. zombie at work i was like Ugh. <laughs> <My> <laughs> well
1: you had to do all hurt. the driving
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um i did <laughs> i did like reset my odometer at the beginning of our trip so in total from my house and back to
1: my house it was
0: 340 miles oof yeah
1: yeah 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 that's rough well i hope you uh Get to relax tonight a little bit.
0: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Sit back, relax, and play Pokemon Snap because that came yes. out last week and it was really, really great. My wonderful husband bought it for me. Oh, he already had bought it and had it downloaded by the time I got home from work. Nice. And I was like, Love that's that. so nice. <laughs>
1: Yes. So that was very cute.
0: So hopefully I'll get to play Pokemon Stamp.
1: Nice. Yes. I did go to buy it last night and it was sixty dollars. Oh, so I said no. I'm not gonna buy that until it goes on sale. So Yeah, yeah, that's um, fair. But that's okay. I finally beat Hades last <gasps> night. Wow. Wow, hell um, yeah. Congratulations. Seventy eight attempts for anyone else who is playing Hades. I don't know whether that's good or bad. I feel like it's bad. But um it took me seventy eight attempts to finally beat Hades. So yeah, but I'm still playing because you can like keep making the game harder, and you can like keep playing after that. So
0: um, it's very weird because I just I wanted to look it up, so I mm-hmm. said how uh, average attempts, and the first thing that came up was to beat Hades.
1: Oh God, I didn't even look it up. I'm gonna guess thirty. They're <laughs> saying sixteen hours. Okay, well. I can go look how look and see how many hours I have on it, I guess. But yeah.
0: All right. Let me go. There's there's like uh, informal polls and stuff that suggests somewhere between like,
1: like 50. Okay, I mean, that's yeah. Yeah. So how many hours do I have? I feel like it's definitely way more than 16. Oh, yeah. Way more than 16. It says 45 hours or more. Holy shit. So I've played for more than 45 hours in order to beat it (laughs) but i think i bought it like two months ago or something i don't know wow okay if you're a gamer (coughs) i'm a pro gamer (laughs)
0: yeah um basically like if you do these types of games it'll take you 15 hours but like if you're actually like playing the game to play the game it'll take you longer instead of just trying to beat the game
1: good yeah i was actually trying to to play the game because the storyline is very good yeah <laughs> so yeah and it's very accurate with all the like deities like gods and goddesses and shit so
0: yeah that's why my sister was so
1: into it Hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway yes yeah, sh- very good yes all of oh that is by great. the way uh by the way happy episode 50 <gasps>
0: Happy episode 50! Yeah! Def. So this is. 90
1: pound dev. <laughs> I think technically this is our 61st episode. Technically. Yeah, with all our little weirds. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, right. Uh, but it is episode, episode 50. 50. I thought that was pretty cool. We're halfway to 100, which def. is pretty sick. Um, also, next week we will hit one year of having recorded the podcast
0: yeah wow it's been a long fucking year but not really
1: it has been been a it's been a long year emotionally i feel like yeah but i feel like the podcast like the 50 episodes went by very quickly yeah yeah so it did help time pass a little faster i will say it really did it gave me something to look forward to every week yeah yeah yes (laughs) wonderful (laughs) and i still look forward to it every week after a year of doing it which is great because i tend to get burnt out on things very quickly and (laughs) yeah but we're actually doing something we enjoy (laughs) yeah it's just really fucking fun and we have an excuse to talk about stuff we like yeah so it's great
0: wow yeah here's to another year (laughs) here's to another
1: 50 episodes absolutely Uh, by the way, how's your hydration going?
0: Um, this is not good for me. Um, Mm -mm. this is my first bottle of the day and it's not quite done. Uh I, uh, oh, I guess I finished, like, half a bottle that I had from last night that was half Gatorade, half water. Oh, nice. But then I had a smoothie for breakfast, so... And then my, this is not related to hydration, but my boss made me fish tacos for lunch, and it was really fucking good. <laughs>
1: oh, that sounds very good.
0: So I'm um, not as hydrated as I should be. Well,
1: at least you recognize it. Yeah. Are you <laughs> hydrated? Not really. Not really, no. But you have uh, like three beverages right now. I do. I have three beverages in front of me. I think I've drank um, one or two water bottles full. So this is my third, and I have a big freaking thing of Gatorade and a Red Bull that I'm almost done with. Nice. So doing great, and I've also been trying not to drink as much alcohol. So that's helping me stay hydrated. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't go for like a beer; I go for like water instead. So because I don't drink just soda. Have water. I do not drink soda. I had a soda when I was in Virginia, and it was the weirdest thing. <laughs>
0: I got soda yesterday. I got Dr. Pepper at Wendy's when I got
1: French Ooh. fries. I do love Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper's so good. I had a Coke, which I don't even really like Coke. Oh,
0: yeah, ew. Mm-hmm. I don't like Coke either. But <laughs> it was the only
1: source of caffeine that I could find in my grandmother's house. That is so, so I sad. was like, well... <laughs> guess I'm drinking this. Guess I'm gonna have this and make my headache go away. Chuck Made sprinkle. my teeth feel weird. <laughs> ew, yeah. That's the erosion. Yeah, I mean... Red Bull makes my teeth feel gross, but there's just something about Coke that just is... Oh. It's bad. I, anyway.
0: Now I, I Sorry, agree. Coke
1: lovers. <laughs> Coca-Cola.
0: <laughs> yeah, Coca-Cola. Coke synchronicities, though.
1: Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, well... <clears throat>
0: Is it we'll, a synchronic- we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll save that. Is it a synchronicity if I just drive by the Coca Cola factory every day? Mm.
1: Mm. I don't know. Is it a synchronicity that I asked Jeff earlier where volleyball was invented, and he looked it up, and it was in Massachusetts? Yeah, it's in Holyoke. Yeah, did not know that. Yep, birthplace of volleyball. <laughs> yeah, because he was playing Persona Five, and I was like, I was like, oh, interesting. They like have a volleyball team. Like, where was like volleyball? Like uh created and he looked it up and i was like well shit (laughs) and then we had a whole conversation about it because it was created at the ymca where a lot of like low-income families would bring their kids and they didn't need a lot of equipment to play volleyball they just needed like a ball and a net and like basketball too basketball was invented in massachusetts
0: yeah so wow wait was basketball invented in springfield is that why the basketball hall of fame is there
1: Let's ask Google. We have the technology Basketball Invention. Springfield College, yes. Wow, okay. Interesting. Is yes, began its invention in eighteen ninety one in Springfield, Massachusetts, by Canadian physical education instructor James Nysmith. Interesting. Hmm. Fun facts
0: those are fun facts actually and then like lacrosse was invented by native americans like in the 1400s or something like that oh Hell really long ago. yeah
1: oh that's cool yeah i can see that
0: mhm actually yeah. that makes sense i don't know if that's actually true or not because i feel like i learned that in my public school education in rural new hampshire so oh. i
1: could be inaccurate. that could be
0: inaccurate okay
1: we're about to find out
0: oh okay lacrosse had its origins in a tribal game played by eastern woodlands native americans and some plains indian tribes in what is now the united states of america and canada
1: oh so that is true okay cool
0: yes so neat that is true that is also very cool i love that that is really cool <laughs> i love that too representation is what we need
1: yeah, and you know what? I bet nobody really talks about that. Because, I i mean, I didn't know that until just now when you told me, so.
0: Yeah, it's an old-ass sport. Mm-hmm.
1: Crazy.
0: Okay, I have nothing else to say about the invention of sports.
1: Okay, I don't either. Okay. <sighs> I don't know how I'm going to start this. But. Okay. I will say that. Uh, I discovered this when I was on my trip to Virginia because I had this huge road trip and I was like, there's got to be something along the way that I can stop at that's like, you know, haunted or, you know, just like a cool historical place. So I looked on Atlas Obscura and um, I ended up in Staunton, Virginia. So I am about to (laughs) talk about... Some pretty awful stuff that was done to people. I will give a warning. Um, I don't know if this, like, this is probably just a content content warning. I'm going to talk a lot about, like, discrimination against trans people, against handicapped people, disabled people. um, And I'm going to talk about eugenics. So if you don't want to hear about any of that, I would recommend that maybe you skip this episode. So this is basically the story of... Western State Hospital, and DeJarnet Sanitarium in Staunton, Virginia. So like I said, my sources were Atlas Obscura, uh, Wikipedia, of course, and there was an article written by a former patient that was on the Piedmont Forum that I read. So, (sighs) here we go. I'm ready. I hope. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's... I was expecting for it to get bad, but then, of course, you know, the further you get in,
0: trying worse some more gets. stuff,
1: and I had to stop myself from falling into a pretty bad rabbit hole. So
0: you're like, great, this is all I'm going to think about for the next forever.
1: Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I had to move something. Okay. So, um, basically, after. Andrew Jackson won the 1828 presidential election. Um, there was this trend towards humanitarian causes that started because he was a Democrat, which kind of explains it. Not anymore. Used to. Um, so Staunton, Virginia was specifically chosen because of its location. And it was on a very, like, prominent road in Virginia around this time. It's called the Valley Turnpike now, but it's a former Iroquois pa- warpath and a colonial wagon trail. So it used to be, like, it's always been where people traveled.
0: Interesting.
1: So, I found a quote that said, Staunton was destined to become renowned for educating two groups that had been previously left out of the academic process, the handicapped and women. Tells you a lot. I guess. Yeah. <sighs> So um, Western State Lunatic Asylum, fun name, was founded in 1828, and it was renamed Western State Hospital later in 1894. So they were like, hey, maybe we shouldn't call this that. (laughs) that." (laughs) But it was a resort style asylum. Um, and it had terraced gardens. Patients could like go out and plant flowers and pick flowers. They could take walks. Um, they had like places where you could go sit, like patios where you could go sit and just stare at the mountains. Um, basically, they like let you do things that they thought would aid in the healing process that were like very relaxing and like therapeutic. However, in the mid-19th century, this quote-unquote utopian model was replaced by overcrowding and warehousing of patients. I was like, I bet it's overcrowding. Yes. And we'll get into why. At Western State Hospital, people were said to be restrained by their ankles and wrists. They use physical coercion, which physical coercion is not good, and straight jackets. Um, I'm assuming they probably also used a fun thing called the rubber room. Which is basically just a padded room that they lock you in. Oh, that's fun. Love um, that. I didn't see anything about that, but that was like a very common thing along with the straight jackets and shit. So
0: Would you like to hear a funny anecdote to cheer you up? Sure. My mother used to have you can you can cut this out too. <laughs> <laughs> I might not. See. Okay. My mother used to have a They At Home Depot, when you get paint, they give you the paint stirs. Well, they used to have three-foot paint stirs. I don't know if you ever saw those, but they're like- I think I do remember those. They're big and they're thick. And my mom used to have one and she called it her persuasion stick.
1: (gasps) Before she beat us with it. Oh my god, dude. (laughs) That well- When we were growing up, that was okay. Yeah. I know from personal experience. Yeah, man. No wonder my Um, fingers are so fucked up. (laughs) Like, damn. God damn it. (laughs)
0: Oh, the hands? Yeah. Oh, no, dude. Well, it's because I'm protecting the rest of my body.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's what it was. I got straight up whacked with a belt when I was a kid. Classic. Love our parents. Mm -hmm. We love that for them. What is that <sighs>
0: called? What is that called?
1: Now it's called child abuse. Well,
0: yeah, yeah. It's like uh, some sort of punishment. Corp.
1: It's not like corporal punishment. Corporal <laughs> punishment. I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. Not okay anymore, though. Don't fucking hit your kids. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> so, more awful stuff. More so, awful stuff. Um, <laughs> along with the straitjackets and shit and restraining people, and... Physical coercion. Physical coercion. Um, Lobotomies and electroshock therapy also took place here. Um, If you don't know what a lobotomy is, they literally fucking stick a needle into your eye and into your brain. It's very fun.
0: It's very fun. And then they just move it around and they scramble your frontal lobe. (sighs) Oh, God. Mm. And for people who don't know, your frontal lobe is responsible for your personality. And also... Impulse control. Yes.
1: Yeah. So people who have undergone lobotomies, um, from what I've heard, basically <laughs> are, for a lack of a better term, zombies. Yeah. They don't really feel much. They don't really say much. They're pretty much fucked up. So lobotomies are not a thing that are okay anymore. Thank God. So yeah. Also, electroshock therapy is supposed to be something that is not used, but... I've heard otherwise.
0: Yeah, don't fucking do electroshock therapy. Yes. Why is that
1: a question? Because people are terrible, and we're about to find out more about that. (laughs) Great. So, this was in the early 1900s. There was the publication of Harry Laughlin's book, Eugenical Sterilization in the United States. Oh, no. So at this time, there were already laws against marriage and reproduction that existed in Virginia, thanks racism and other things, that would place these people into institutions and prevent them from reproducing. So this was already happening. Um, They basically treated mental illness like an infectious disease. um, And they didn't want these people to be around other people because they thought that other people could get it. So Laughlin argued that the government should limit human reproduction for what he called worthless and defective people in order to better the human race. So, uh, this led to the Eugenical Sterilization Act of 1924, which was passed in Virginia. It allowed the forced or compulsory sterilization of the disabled. Oh, Jesus Christ, dude. They literally said, sure, this is fine. This is okay. We approve of this. Um, So forced sterilization is removing a person's capacity to reproduce through surgical procedures. So people were essentially seized and subjected to intrusive operations for the quote unquote greater good of humanity. And rationalizations for this still include, this is still a thing that exists um, population control, Gender discrimination, limiting the spread of HIV, gender-normalizing surgeries for intersex people, and ethnic genocide. Boo. Yes.
0: Hey, we were talking about this the other day. (sighs) We were. You don't just accidentally genocide people.
1: Was our conclusion? No. No. I literally read that and I was like, "Yep." We were literally talking about this the other day. We were literally just talking about that. What were we? What were we even talking about? I don't remember. I
0: don't remember.
1: This act being passed in Virginia led to the opening of Dejarnette Sanitarium. So, Joseph Dejarnette was the director of Western State Hospital, Western State Lunatic Asylum, for anyone who doesn't remember, between 1906 and 1943. So, he ran that place, and then that place was government supported, but this sanitarium that he opened was a private unit that was not funded by the government. Um, and it was for more like middle, com- middle income patients. Um, that's what it said. But I think it was really for poor people. So that was founded in 1932. So DeJarnette was a respected doctor among the white Virginia elite at the time. Um, he was part of a larger movement that was moving towards more humane mental health treatment, ironically, but he didn't do it right. The problem is that he considered himself the genetically gifted descendant of Virginians. So this guy was just, like, fucking full of ego. Yeah. And the problem was that he had a really strong support for eugenics. Very, very strong support. Yikes. He felt like it was the only way to preserve the integrity of society. Um, He once wrote a poem praising the virtues of, quote, proper human breeding. And, I'm laughing and I shouldn't be, um, he came to be known among his co-workers and his colleagues as Sterilization Jarnet. People literally fucking called him that. That's so stupid. It's not even catchy. No, it's also a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yes. Trashy. So, this was the 1920s, 1930s, and... It was said that DeJarnett was exchanging letters with Adolf Hitler himself between 1930 and 1932. That completely checks out. Yes. And it gets worse. DeJarnett basically drew inspiration from Nazi Germany's 1933 Law for the Prevention of Genetically Diseased Offspring. Hitler's plan was to basically kill off anyone who he considered genetically and racially inferior for anybody who does not know, and dejarnet would often just wander the halls of his sanitarium, quoting Hitler weird. yes, Very So weird. he was basically like obsessed with Hitler and i I, f- I feel that way because it said that dejarnet had basically calculated um how many people had been sterilized under Hitler's regime and he came out with the number 56244 oh <clears throat> so he knows exactly what went on apparently he like calculated that yeah yikes to that exact number and he infamously commented that Nazi Germany was quote beating us at our own game jesus fucking christ <laughs> and it gets worse he once quoted, or he once said, Germany in six years has sterilized about 80,000 of their unfit, while the United States with approximately twice the population has only sterilized about 27,869 to January 1st, 1938 in the past 20 years. The fact that there are 12 million defectives in the U.S. should arouse our best endeavors to push this procedure to the maximum. Yikes. That sentence literally makes me want to vomit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So this guy was a piece of shit. This guy was a huge piece of shit. And he used inmates in his asylum as guinea pigs for a bunch of different fucking experiments because he was a huge piece of shit. So he did blood transfusions, and I saw this in a few different places, so I think this was, like, the thing that he was known for. Um, He would do blood transfusions between patients who were dealing with, like, opposite conditions, basically. So, like, it would be, like, if you took blood from a patient that was suffering from mania, and you injected it into a depressed patient, and vice versa. He thought that, like, that would fix them, essentially.
0: I bet that killed them.
1: Yes. And another thing that definitely could have killed people was extreme x-ray exposure as a method of sterilization, basically. Yeah. So... (sighs) If people did not die from those things, they definitely um, did not live very long afterwards, I'm imagining, or they did not live very happy lives. Yeah. So this entire time, Jarnet was lobbying passionately for the forced sterilization of the mentally ill and others that he deemed, quote unquote, defective, including people with mental disabilities, epileptics, alcoholics, or even people who were deemed promiscuous.
0: <laughs> so anyone.
1: <laughs> yes. I remember seeing a list, um, and I'm sure, like, I feel like a lot of people have probably seen this list of, like, things that could get you sent to an asylum in, like, the 1800s and 1900s. Basically anything. Yeah. Um, If, you're, if you were married and your male partner did not like one thing that you did, they could just send you to one of these places and they would take you in and probably ruin your life. Um, The other issue is that a large percentage of these people were very poor. And when people couldn't afford to take care of their family members, they would just send them there. So people would show up basically with nothing major going on and they would develop issues from staying in this hospital if they didn't weren't already suffering from something before so uh yeah yeah another thing that happened a lot was that well a lot of the patients in the sanitarium were either black or native american like the majority of them so that says a lot about you know white people were rich and elite basically everybody else was considered poor yeah So Virginia's legislature basically was a model for forced sterilization. Um, And it was used in at least 12 other states. So other places were using DeJarnette's ideas. And apparently there were hundreds and hundreds of forced sterilizations done at Western State Hospital and DeJarnet Sanitarium while it was legal under Virginia law. So... It happened it was it was legal for way too fucking long. But following the Holocaust, the attitude towards eugenics went completely downhill in the United States, and eventually it was denounced as inhumane. Finally. So DeJarnette's reputation was irreparably tarnished.
0: <laughs> oh no. Oh boo hoo. Boo hoo. Did someone get in trouble for being a Nazi? <laughs>
1: <sighs> so even though everybody knew that this guy was a piece of shit now. Well, most people. Um, the practice of forced sterilization still continued in Virginia well into the 1970s. So at Jarnet alone, it's said that almost 500 people were forcibly sterilized. Another 1,200 were sterilized at Western State Hospital. Um, and the problem is that we don't know exactly what took place or how many people. Um, I mean, that's a, like a... That's probably a guesstimate. Yeah. Because at that time, you were not required to keep records of anything. So they could have somebody get dropped off and they could die the next day and nobody would know. So the other thing is that Western State Hospital does have a cemetery with over 3,000 graves. And that's just marked graves. Oh, damn. Is another thing to keep in mind. So more people than that 1,200 died and more people than that 3,000 died because that's just the marked graves <sighs> um, the institution was finally or was financially independent from 1932 to 1975 and in 1975 it was absorbed into the state-managed healthcare system so they transformed the sanitarium into a children's hospital and they renamed it the DeJarnet Center for Human Development
0: okay <laughs> Well, that's kind of tongue in cheek, huh?
1: Yes. So patients above the age of 21 who were still at the sanitarium were transferred to a new campus. um, But it was still Western State Hospital and it was still in Staunton. So, um, I mean, these are both owned by the same. They're run by the same person. Dijarnet ran Western State Hospital until he took over – until he decided to open up the sanitarium. So, like, people getting moved to Western State Hospital instead is, like, not good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're like, cool,
1: same shit. Um, and that was in 1975. So between – 1975 and 1996, I don't really know what happened, but um, in 1996, the Dijarnet Center was relocated to a new 48-bed facility adjacent to Western State, and the original building was closed down for good. Apparently, it had changed the name before this happened to the Commonwealth Center for Children and Adolescents, so they did drop the Dijarnet before they closed, Mm -hmm. because- Yeah, yeah. Why would you even- Yeah. Anyway. So it is now the Commonwealth Center for Children and Adolescents. It can house up to 12 patients and is the only mental health facility for children and adolescents that is operated by the Virginia Department of Mental Health in the state.
0: Interesting.
1: Yes. Which I thought was very strange. So it can only house 12 patients and it's the only one operated by the Department of Mental Health? Yeah. Like...
0: Hey, healthcare needs funding, man.
1: Yes especially mental health care and yeah. help for people with disabilities and so on and so forth. So in 2004, they did make plans to demolish the sanitarium and replace it with a shopping mall, but they couldn't get enough tenants for the shopping mall. <laughs> so that idea fell through. And the campus of the sanitarium, the Dijarnet Center, still exists. So I drove by it and it is... Probably the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's really foreboding and just like, okay, that it's perfect. It's perfectly perched, you know. It is. It's literally okay. So I found this quote by this horror writer named Andy Dean. um He said the place has a really haunting, imposing presence, made all the more fascinating by sitting on the edge of a major interstate. It has the look of something that would be forgotten in the middle of the woods, and like that's very true because I was like on the highway. And I knew I was going to try and stop there, but I didn't really think that it was going to be so easy to get to. I thought I was going to have to like drive through the woods, go on like a weird back road or something. I saw it when I was on the interstate. I pulled off of the highway into a McDonald's parking lot and it was right there. So I like, I have a bunch of pictures that I took. I'm going to probably post them like everywhere because, oh my God, it was creepy. It was um, cool. But I took those pictures from a frickin McDonald's parking lot. Like they just built up everything around it. There's like a sheets gas station over there. There was like a whole shopping mall like across the street. So they basically just like built up all these modern things right next to it. It's really weird.) <laughs> <sighs> um, That's so funny. I and love just, that. like left it there. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, but it's private property right now, so you do need express permission from the landowner if you're gonna try and, like, go there. I did kind of, like, try to see what the situation was. Um, I was curious if there was, like, a big gate or something like that, and um, I'm not telling anyone to do anything. Please don't sue me. But there is not a gate or anything, but there are a ton of signs that say no trespassing, so I didn't try and get any closer than the no trespassing signs, just in case. But it's very easy to get to. Even if you want to just like stand outside the no trespassing signs and just like take pictures. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll talk more more about how fucking freaky it was. But let's get into some of the legends <gasps> and maybe some hauntings and stuff that have to do with this place. I do want to give credit to there was um, or a guy named Jake from an investigative group called Fife Paranormal. Paranormal um, has a video called Evil and Ghosts in Virginia, and it's on ParanormalVideos.com. And he talked a lot about different legends that he had heard and things that he had experienced because he used to be a security guard at Dijernet. So he's like heard all these crazy stories. And I didn't include all of them in here, but it is like a pretty good video if anybody wants to go watch them. So some legends that he had heard. So none of these are really confirmed to be true. So. Apparently, there's a rumor that there was a gas chamber in the basement. There was also a rumor that basically DeJarnet would kill any patients that took too much time for him to care for, um, any patients that annoyed him. If somebody asked the wrong question, he would just basically send them off to be killed. There's another legend that says that when a pool was being constructed later on for the Children's Hospital, there were mass graves that were found during that construction. And God damn they it. had to basically send all of the kids away for a bit so that they wouldn't find out what was going on. Um, and there was a pond that was also on the property that they found more mass graves in. So that's just a legend. But I would not be surprised. Um, the last thing is that behind the main building for DeJarnet is this, like, It's a really, it's a small building in comparison, but it's like a big brick building and it has a huge smokestack on it, which I actually got a picture of it. So when I read this, I was kind of creeped out. Um, And that is the crematorium. So I took a really good look at the crematorium. Yes, and I did not know it was the crematorium until I did this research. So anyway. (laughs) Whoops. So apparently after just a week of Jarnet being open in the early 1900s, there was a request that was submitted to the town of Staunton um, that the crematorium be closed down because of how often it was being used. Apparently the skies were turning dark, there were terrible smells that were wafting into the nearby town, um, and it was estimated that it was being used between 10 to 30 times a day in the very beginning of the sanitarium being opened. What the fuck? Yeah. Again, don't know if that's true, but it wouldn't shock me. (sighs) So, the result of all these legends could be some fun hauntings. And this is where I get very, very interested in this place. So again, most of this comes from that video, Evil and Ghosts in Virginia by Fife Paranormal. And this guy... So he was a security guard and he used to do the ghost tours there. So apparently the main claim that he would get is that um, DeJarnet roams the halls and he'll stand in his office just like looking really sinister. Um, he'll yell at people to get out. Classic. Yes.
0: Classic Very classic. Ghost.
1: So there are, cl- there are also claims of objects levitating on their own. Um, apparently there was one claim that somebody saw like a 50 cent piece, like a coin, manifest before their eyes and they were able to like bend down and pick it up. Weird. Yeah. Very strange. Apparently people hear voices in their heads. Um, they get the sensation as if somebody is like trying to like trick them. Um, so like this place definitely has like trickster vibes, but they'll like hear voices in their heads and shit. Weird. So, very weird. don't know what's up with that. Yes. Those are just called thoughts.
0: I don't know. Yeah.
1: I feel like if you're in, like, a really creepy building that you know a lot of really awful stuff happened in, your thoughts are going to run wild anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, not sure about that one. But um, there are apparently shadow people that guard the building. Ooh, love that. (laughs) And um, a really common thing with this building is that you'll feel like you're, like, kind of being surrounded. um, And you'll feel like you're being, like, closed in by these shadow people. Almost like they're trying to, like, either see what you're doing or they, like, are protecting their space or something. So, interesting. Mm -hmm. Multiple shadow people. Love that. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell another story about that later, too. Okay, cool. This one is, like, kind of sad. Um, apparently there was a a little boy who was a patient in the fifties, sixties, and, um, he was one of those people that had been dropped off by his parents simply because they couldn't care for him. So, um, he was basically dropped off, you know, quote unquote, normal kid, but soon he lost the ability to speak. He lost the ability to walk. Um, and this was just over time. His condition was just slowly getting worse and worse and worse. And the nurses really loved him because he was so kind and he treated them with respect. And so they would, during their free time, they would push him around the property in his wheelchair. And, you know, they would go on their breaks and they would go and find him and they would take them with them on their breaks and stuff. And like the nurses just like loved this kid. So um, it, there was a rumor that he would try to follow the nurses out at the end of their shifts. So he would basically follow them out to their cars and they'd have to say, no, no, you have to stay here. And they'd have to call security and security would have to come and get him and wheel him back. Um, Apparently, this boy only lived for about six to seven months in the sanitarium. And the haunting part is that people still hear his wheelchair. And sometimes when people are leaving the property, they'll look in their rearview mirrors and they'll see him in his wheelchair behind them. Oh, Almost rah. like he's trying to, like, come with you.
0: I don't know, man. I might be tempted to invite that ghost with me.
1: <laughs> I'm saying! That's why I was like, this one, like, this one got me. I was the like, story got me. We can just have a travel buddy like Eddie, you know? Yes! Travel ghost. Absolutely. I'd be down for that. I mean, obviously he was, like, really nice to the nurses and stuff, so... Yeah. He's probably
0: just yeah. sad, man. <sighs>
1: So there was apparently a security guard that was basically it was two it was him and one other guy and they were walking around outside basically just like checking the grounds to make sure nobody was trespassing probably and all of a sudden they heard the unmistakable sound of a wheelchair like the wheels moving the squeaking basically and what did it for the one security guard was that he heard the sound of gravel being kicked up. So like, it was like if you were wheeling a wheelchair on gravel. Yeah. So he turned around and he basically knew who this was. And he said, hi, you know, I'm sorry, but you can't come home with me. And this apparently happened a few times. And every time they would escort him back to the sanitarium, basically. So they would turn around and say, Hey, I'm sorry, you can't come home with me. And they would walk back basically lead this spirit back to the sanitarium. And that's the thing that people started doing. So at least there's that. (laughs) But it makes me very sad. It makes me really sad. One of the reasons why I would like to go back. Yeah. So, oh, back to the uh, shadow people that guard this place. Um, This Jake guy uh, once saw somebody standing in the weeds down by the old golf course, because apparently there used to be a golf course on the campus and he thought it was somebody who was like trying to break in so he like yelled down at them and was like hey you need to leave and he saw the weeds like move really quickly and then they just stopped and there just wasn't any movement and he didn't hear anything or anything like that but he like felt like he was being watched and he turned and looked down a path and he saw this six foot tall shadow figure oh shit (laughs) just like standing there and apparently the shadow figure turned and, like, faced him. It took two steps forward towards him and then, like, really inhumanly kind of slid back into the weeds. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, not nah, dog. He's like, fine. <laughs> I'll go back into my weeds then. And apparently this guy would see shadow figures moving around in the weeds, like, pretty often. And uh, sometimes it was up to three at a time that he would see.
0: Multiple shadow people don't love that.
1: Yes.
0: Yes.
1: But they're, I don't know, they're just chilling. I don't know. And intimidating you. A little bit, I guess, yeah. (laughs) So apparently there was one person who went on a ghost tour and said that they could hear heavy footsteps coming from inside the building while they were, like, doing a tour of the outside. And they knew that, like, nobody should have been in there. So the security guard went to confirm what this person had heard, and he heard the footsteps coming from inside the building. Like, he put his ear up against one of the boards for the windows, and he could, like, hear it. And he yelled and was like, hey, get out. And the footsteps just, like, stopped. And then, when they were over on the other side of the building, they could hear it again on the other side of the building. So, the guy, like, walked up to the boarded window again and heard a knock, like, come from inside the building. So, he was like, oh, crap, is somebody, like, locked inside? Or, like, what's the deal? So, he knocked back on the window, and all he heard was the sound of something just, like, dropping he said it sounded like heavy boxes. Like, if you had, had a heavy box and you just you it went thump on the ground. Um, and apparently everybody that was outside with him, like, everybody on the tour heard it and was like, what the fuck? So, again, he put his ear up to the window and he could hear whispers, like, coming from inside oh. the building. And they kind of sounded like teenagers, kind of. So he's still, like, confused because he's like, I feel like somebody's in there fucking with me. And then... He hears voices coming from outside, like in the weeds again. And so like basically he feels like he's surrounded now and everybody who's with him can hear this. So they they just feel like they're like surrounded and like they're being just like fucked with. Um, So they had to cut the tour short because everybody was like freaking out. And they sent security guards and local police in there. But of course they didn't find anything. So holy shit. (laughs) Trickster vibes. I love that shit. Uh, the, the, like, teenagers whispering is, They're like, the like, one thing that gets me. oh, fuck,
0: me. you knocked back, what do we do now? I don't, I don't, fuck, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Hey, shh, drop that, drop that box real loud, see what he does. In the bushes, go! Go! <laughs> go stand really foreboding-like at the end of the hall, mm. or at the end of the path. <laughs> and then noodle into the weeds. <laughs> That's literally, like, what I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> kind of like, um, kind of like when no face turns into the goop. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, here's another. This is another like rumor, I guess. Um, but when apparently when construction construction workers first went to go board up the windows, um, they ended up having to hire a second construction team because the first one quit, and the story they were telling was that on the first day. They showed up to board up the windows and all they could hear was just like the nonstop sound of just like screaming. <laughs> like they went into the building and it was just like so loud and they were like, what the fuck is happening? So that was on the first day. But then on the second day they came back and, you know, there wasn't the screaming anymore. But the ladders that people were on were would like just start levitating oh my while people God. were on them. And like, I don't know if anybody actually fell and got hurt. But I guess that was the thing was that the ladders would just lift up while people were still on them. Apparently, people's lunches would go missing. Oh, no, dude. I'd be so sad. Be like, man, my sandwich. I'm so hungry. Jim, can I have yours? Oh, yours got taken, too. Oh, man. Now we got to go to McDonald's. (laughs) Good (laughs) thing it's right there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: Convenient. Convenient. Oh the other the other story that one of the construction workers told was that apparently there was screwdriver there was a screwdriver that like lifted up in the air and just came like flying like point first at his face and he had to like dodge it wild. Don't know what's up with that. Haha <laughs> So the last thing that was in this video was that he did say that it is one of the most demonically infested locations on the East Coast or it's known as being that. And I guess the main thing is the shadow figures, and people see, like, red eyes, um, mostly in the second floor hallway, apparently. They'll see, like, groups of red eyes. That's basically the only thing that leads people to believe that it's demonically infested. I don't really know where that came from, but it honestly doesn't seem like...
0: Yeah, it doesn't really seem evil.
1: Much, Yeah. Yeah. A lot of really evil stuff happened there, but if there is anybody sticking around, it pretty much just seems like it may have been the patients because, like, they're guarding this place. You know, this was, like, their home for a long time. So they might just be attached to it in that way. I don't know. But I think jumping to demons, as we always say, is a little dramatic. Um, The last thing is that Uh, Fife Paranormal Group did do a spirit box session, and the recording of that is online. I did watch it, but nothing super crazy really jumped out at me. Um, They thought that they heard somebody say the devil at one point, which is always the thing that people jump to is like, help get out the devil. Yeah. It wasn't convincing enough for me. So yeah. That one article that I read that was written by one of the former patients, he basically addressed whether or not the building was haunted. And this is what he said. He said, some say the building is haunted. It is, but not necessarily by ghosts, but by the memories, experiences, and emotions of nearly a century of the troubled and the sick, whether or not those individuals still live. Wow. And I thought that was a very good quote. The place has just got vibes. It does. And... Like, I will say, I felt really, really weird just, like, being that close to it and, like, looking at it. Like, I just, like, sat there sitting in the car with, like, my hands on my face just staring at it for, like, 20 minutes. It has a very strange energy. And I really want to go back for a few reasons. Um... I don't really know um, what the deal is with, like, getting tours. I know they don't really do ghost tours anymore there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, like, privately owned. So I don't really know what you have to do to get in. But it does seem like as recently as 2016, people were able to go. So. All right. All right. Something to look into. The last thing that I wanted to bring up is that the state of Virginia – has publicly apologized for the sterilization program and has offered reparations to to its victims. Um, But although sterilization programs have been made illegal in most countries, instances of forced or, or coerced sterilization still persist. In some countries, trans people are required to undergo sterilization before gaining legal recognition of their gender. So this is still something that happens. Just something to be aware of. That's really fucked up. Not to end this with something that's just going to make you even more mad. Nah, stay mad. Something that we should be fighting against. So, you can apologize all you want.
0: The real apology is change. Correct.
1: And that's, uh, the end of the awful stuff that happened at Dijarnet Sanitarium. We have made some progress, but not completely. (sighs) Although there wasn't much records that were being recorded around this time and stuff like that, and people, you know, weren't really paying attention, it did still happen. And it mostly happened to people who were disabled, people who were black, people who were Native American. And this is the history of our country. So let's do better. Anyway. Okay. Let's talk about something else.
0: Well, this week on Medication, I'm talking about something truly awful. Oh, great. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Last week on Twitter, I saw that someone had posted something called Cannabumps, mm. which is a 600 milligram THC. Three, 600? Yes. Three grams in the bottle, and it is made for snorting. So this is snortable powdered cannabis concentrate and it is also packaged to look like cocaine it comes with a little like spoon it's very trashy
1: oh my god i can't believe it's
0: 600 milligrams
1: that's so much
0: (laughs) yeah so this was actually um cannabumps is made by thc living and is a licensed california edibles manufacturer whose product line was previously limited to THC-infused lemonade and pain relief topicals. Okay. So, THC Living appeared to legally position Cannabumps as a concentrate. And California law allows up to 1,000 milligrams of THC per package per concentrate. Edibles are limited to 100 milligrams thc per package
1: what okay why
0: yeah that's such a big difference and then this is the um part of the pitch or like the the marketing ready this is a direct quote um have a great time with your cannabis with our novel (laughs) cannabis concentrate Cannabumps are exactly what they sound like. Cannabis concentrate intended to be devoured through the nose, ingested straightforwardly, or added to your number one food. And that same, uh, sounds illegal.
1: (laughs) Wait, so, okay, I understand having something that you can add to food and stuff, and to add it to drinks and stuff. Because, like, I mean, I have tincture that I put in my drinks and that I put in my food, you know? So I get that, but why would you market it as something that you literally devour through your nose or whatever? Canna bumps. They're, they're like, they are literally.
0: It's literally THC marketing cocaine. Marketing as cocaine. Yes. Yeah. And that is illegal. So actually, it was only available for um, a couple of days before the brand pulled the product. Ah. And <laughs> there is. A law firm representing THC Living released a statement and it was like um, a few months ago our client was approached by a third party that sought to utilize our client's proprietary formulations in the creation of the Cannabumps product. So, what? So because of the misgivings of those in the industry, our client made the decision to terminate any license granted to any third party that would use its proprietary information to produce or market a product like cannabumps.
1: Oh, so the people who developed this product for whatever else, yeah, are suing them for marketing it as something that gets sorted like cocaine. Yeah, good good
0: yeah so this is really fucked up because like
1: uh, it's it's you are glamorizing the use of cocaine first of all
0: yes and two it's like really detrimental to the entire legalization if Mm -hmm. people come out with products that are fucking literally cocaine Mm -hmm. like of of course people are going to take a second to be like, "Hey, what the fuck?"
1: Like, yeah, I mean, you we grew up in school thinking that like marijuana or I'm sorry, cannabis was a gateway drug. And like it's really not. And so like marketing it as something that is so closely related to cocaine is just going to make people think that it's a gateway drug even more and maybe it could be at this point yeah. because you're so used to inhaling something through your nose now.
0: Yeah, why not just try maybe- something
1: else? Something a little stronger that doesn't do the same thing at fucking all. Yeah. Um, So. How long does the high last from that?
0: I assume uh, the same as any uh, inhaled substance, which I am actually going to talk a little bit about because um, I would like to kind of just touch on why snorting drugs is dangerous. So people snort all sorts of stuff, both recreational and prescription drugs, and there are lots of, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I need to get my brain. You do that. Okay, so people snort both recreational and prescription drugs, (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: basically,
0: and when you snort something, you crush it up into a powder, and then you inhale it through your nose. And when you are snorting a prescription drug, you're not taking it as intended, and Mm -mm. you're fucking with the um, potential time release on it. Therefore, you get all of the effects of the drug at once. Mm -hmm. It is actually not... It is not the fastest way to get high the fastest way to get high is to smoke Mm -hmm. um so if you're snorting it like still would be faster if you just smoke something but you have a lot of soft tissue in your nasal cavity and in your sinuses and it's just like really easy to get the chemicals into your bloodstream and um it can take as little as 5 minutes for the drug to be absorbed and start producing effects.
1: So but the but the, but the effects aren't going to be they're not going to be the same as if you were like if I I don't I don't even know like what prescription drugs people snort. But if I were to snort my Advil, I don't know.
0: That's one? Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay.
1: See, I don't even know. Um I think I've heard of that. <laughs> But like, if you were to snort that, so the effects are just stronger.
0: I honestly don't know. It's or it's like strong, like to do you get more side effects probably too. Yeah, like to like an upteenth
1: elevation, you know. Ugh. Yeah. Um. So if you're prescribed like a half of a pill and you're like snorting that half of a pill, it's gonna be significantly stronger as if you were to just take it. Yeah, and it's not gonna work as well. Yeah. 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 And it's also how people become dependent on things, I'm assuming. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And
1: talk about that in a second. Okay.
0: So, snorting drugs has a number of consequences. Um, number 1, you can damage your respiratory system. So, your nose, your lungs, anything directly connected to your nasal passage can get damaged and it can make it really hard to breathe normally mm-hmm. also like your nasal membranes can just like get fucked up beyond repair and you will have more breathing issues because of your nose but also like you could just like always have a runny nose or always have a bloody nose oh um, yeah, because like it never fully heals other side effects of snorting drugs include vomiting, constipation, shakiness, dizziness, and increased heart rate. Oh, God. Long-term effects also include loss of smell. Oh, I was going to say that, yeah. And problems with, sw- with swallowing. So like you'll just like have trouble swallowing. Mm. Obviously, like various drugs have
1: other side effects in of themselves. But that's just from inhaling powder through your nose of any kind, basically. Yeah, I'm yeah, assuming. yeah, yeah, yeah. That is yeah. broad
0: spectrum. Like that would happen to you if you were to snort those THC bumps. Like, uh huh. You might vomit. <laughs> like you might Ugh. pass out like you'll probably get a nosebleed like that sounds awful mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so one of the reasons people snort drugs is it enhances the effects of it but it can also like the high that you can get for it is makes it really really dangerous because you can get addicted to it very very easily um so if you feel any intense need for a drug Whether it's, like, coke or, like, painkillers or anything like that. That's gonna be what addiction is. And that really sucks. So you can get more addicted more easily to Mm -hmm. a drug that gives you a stronger high. And it just, like, uh, is bad all around. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's not the worst way to do drugs, but it's up there. And... The fact that they like came out with like THC bumps advertised as like cocaine. It was just like. It's very out of touch. It's yeah. very, very out of touch. So yeah. mm-hmm. that's that. Don't snort things, kids.
1: Yes. I mean, oh my God. I was just thinking like the main group of people, and I'm not, I'm not like, I don't know whether this is fact or not, but I'm assuming the main group of people who use cocaine are rich it's white people it's mostly. white people
0: yeah
1: yes rich white people and <laughs> that is just a fact <laughs> people who are not rich white people will resort to crack cocaine which is significantly worse and i would not be shocked if if those had gotten released if somebody would have turned those into something else yeah Something that was similar to crack cocaine, maybe for cannabis, that had something bad in it that you, like fentanyl, is a fun thing that people like to put in powders.
0: Oops, you're dead now.
1: Fentanyl has killed many of my friends. So, don't fuck with that. And I'm very glad that somebody sued them. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Because, like, come on, man.
1: Yeah, that's just... And I'm sure there are tons of people who were like stoked about that. Um, like,
0: it didn't look like it. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah. That like one of the things that the uh, article said was like was there like outrage? Outrage. <laughs> oh, like, good. which is okay. why it was only up for like three days. Yeah. Like,
1: yeah. Okay. Good.
0: Well, when was April thirtieth? Because that's the that day. Was it was a few came days out. ago. Yeah, that was a few days ago, and it was down by the weekend. So maybe it was only up for like a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, because it's the fourth right now. So. Yeah, so... didn't last long. Yeah, Get fucked. Get fucked. Get fucked. I hope you go out of business now. I'm sure they will. Get fucked. I'm sure they got
1: sued for a shit ton of money.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you for the knowledge. You're welcome. I love knowledge. It feeds my brain.
1: It does. It is food. It is brain food. Brain food. Brain weird. food. Weird, weird, weird brain, brain food. food yes yes i'm glad we were on the same page there. yes 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 well, All right. well the only other thing i have to say is we did record some fun 420 content before um i left for my trip to virginia and before our camping trip so i am going to work on editing that and getting that up I have a feeling that's probably going to end up being patron only, but we do have a $3 Patreon tier. Um, So if that's something that you want to check out, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you get like stickers, you get free access to the episodes 24 hours early. So I think that $3 is honestly worth it. And yeah, so keep an eye out for that. If you're already a patron, that will be up very soon. And I'm stoked about that. Yes, me too. It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. We got extremely high. Yes. <laughs> and we had we had some very in-depth discussions about how we did. So what we did was we did a weed uh, tasting, sort yes. of. A weed sampler. Yes. So we had a bunch of different strains, and we smoked them and talked about how they tasted, how they made us feel, and it was very interesting and enlightening. It was. Yeah. Check that out. Yeah. Yeah. And check out our website, too. It's yourbrainonweird.com. I think it is still up. Uh even though we got a spam email the other day saying that our domain was unpaid for and they were going to close it and I said, "Haha, that is a lie. Our patrons pay for our domain." <laughs> Thank you patrons. <laughs> Thank you patrons. You're the reason why we have a website. Wow. I love that for us. Well, yeah. Thanks David, whoever you are. David, they submitted it on our like website. It was like on our website too. Like they went into the like story submission thing and like that was the spam that we got. That's so funny. <laughs> so weird.
0: I think that's all I got. Okay. Well, happy episode fifty.
1: Yay. Happy episode fifty. Oh my god. And happy one year as of next week. Yes. We're gonna have to figure out something fun to do.
0: Something fun to do. Yeah. Fun. fun, fun, fun. <laughs> we'll brainstorm.
1: We will.
0: Okay. Okay. Well. Well. Well, well, well. I'm Sam. I'm Jess. And this has been another episode of your brain on weird. Yeah. Good. Bye.
1: Bye.